0: Welcome to the NPL Sunday Night Show, powered by the Brisbane Football Review. Hosted by Scott Owen.
1: Well, firstly, what a surprise Adam goes through a game at Moreton Bay.
0: And Adam Pace. I was going to say, I think you're going to say, yep, that's, that's pretty much me in a nutshell. Let's go out this one. Your weekly NPL recap starts now.
1: Welcome to the NPL Sunday Show here on the Brisbane Football Review as we recap all the action in Queensland football over the last seven days. Adam, how are you?
0: I'm good. Uh, Glad to be finally out of quarantine and sort of uh, let loose amongst uh, the the public again. But uh, yeah, plenty of football uh, midweek and over the weekend to sink the teeth into.
1: I'm not sure we're letting you out of quarantine just yet. I'll have to check my notes on that one, but we do have plenty of action to recap over the last seven days, including some midweek catch-up games, as well as weekend's action, in the NPL men's and women's, as well as some upcoming cup fixtures. And but first, we need to go through a little bit of transfer news from the last seven days. And another player from the NPL Queensland, who has played in the A-League before with the Brisbane Roar, is now getting an opportunity in Perth with Perth Glory. Keen Yelich has made the move over to the west, and it's a great opportunity for him, and a, and a very good re- reward for a player who's had a fine start to the year.
0: Yeah, two-year so deal with um, with Perth Glory, and yes, uh, look, Keegan has been in, in tremendous form for Olympic, and it's good to see that you know that that that's uh, that his form has been rewarded in the in the case of his first uh, pro contract. So congratulations to him and sort of his entire team and, and network behind him you now. And uh, look, we wish him all the best, go uh, you know, over in the west, except when they play the role.
1: Absolutely, and the last Queensland player who went over to the West, Henry Hoare from the NPL, did quite well. So hopefully he can follow in. Henry's and have a similar impact on the A-League men's competition next year.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. I think uh, he just needs to to hold, hold the form. And uh, like I said, it, it's a good young side that they are building over in, in Perth. So he's certainly not going to be out, out of his depth in that. So yeah, as I said, you know, wish him well. And uh, yeah, look, Look, we always, you know, no matter what, we always, uh, for whichever A-League club they play for, uh, we're just happy that they actually are getting an
1: opportunity at the pro level. Absolutely, no doubt about that. We did, I did speak to the head coach of the Olympic OC, Ben Khan, um, last night after the win over. We'll get to that game and the audio later on. We'll just tease that now. We'll we'll start, however, Adam, with our MPL men's recap with a midweek fixture from round number 12. Sunshine Coast Wanderers 2, Morton Bay United 2. Um, a very even game and probably a really good point on the road for Morton Bay United. Well, for the Wanderers, it was a seventh straight draw.
0: Yeah, it's an uh, interesting, interesting sort of uh form dynamic for the wanderers that they're seven straight draws. Uh but uh, look, I think it's a good point for Morton Bay away from home. Uh, these are two teams that I think on paper match up very, very closely. Uh, I suppose uh, Royce Brownley might be a little disappointed that uh, that they gave up the lead twice to the Wanderers, but we all know that going to Ballinger Park, especially midweek, is a tough assignment. But so I think a good point for for Morton Bay. I think uh, Sunshine Coast. I think they'd be sick of uh, the, the draws a little bit.
1: I imagine they would be. We'll start our recap of round number 13 actually with Sunshine Coast Wanderers because their draw, Well, we're talking about them, their their run of draws is over. They had a 3-0 win over Logan Lightning on Saturday night. Goals from Oliver Duncan, Kyron Walters, and Ethan Galbraith. So they snapped that seven-game run of draws. They're now eight games unbeaten, and they're looking like they're going to be a challenger once again for the top four, which they all, always did. It's just they needed to convert some of these draws into wins, didn't they?
0: They did. Um and look, if you take the sort of the uh glass glass half full approach, that's eight eight games unbeaten. So it's seven, seven seven games unbeaten a draw. Not not ideal that they that they were all draws, but again, it's points in the bank ticking over and uh only only the one loss this season, which is probably quite incredible, which uh was a, a big loss to the league leading uh lions and back all the way back in round three, I do believe, or the third round played. I don't know why that after all the sort of all the um mixing up with the scheduling at, at the start of the season. But um but yeah look uh they are certainly poised to uh to be a real threat in, in this uh league.
1: They most certainly are another team in action midweek was Morton Bay you know as I said they had a 3 1 win as well over Eastern suburbs on tonight, goals from Marcus Walters Lyndon Fire and Joe Scott for the home side in that one and after a bit of a slow start they've certainly found their feet once again Morton Bay
0: Oh, they have, and I think that these, these are the games that they, they probably need to be looking at winning to obviously sort of stay clear of the uh, relegation scrap. And, uh, and yeah, a, a good win at home. So, But they do they do meet uh, East again away in a catch-up game very, very soon, I do believe. So I think certainly that will put them in good sped going into Heath Park where they actually have a good record, which is one of the few teams actually have got a good record at Heath Park.
1: It is a very tough place to go for opposition teams. I'll have to see if they can make it two wins from two when they travel there in a couple of weeks' time. We'll move on, Adam, to the first of the two feature games which we covered on our social media platforms over the weekend. It was on Friday night up at AJ Kelly Park between Peninsula Power and Lions. They're seeing the defending premiers against the defending champions. the first game of the Rick Cogland era up there at AJ Kelly Park. It was a one-all draw, as I said. Sean Carlos gave Lions the lead just after half-time for a 90-second-minute equaliser Probably a deserved equaliser there from Brody Boyce. It was a, a, it was a very different game, to enormous here from these two sides. It was very, very tight and tense, and not a lot of action in the match, if you like. But it's a good result for Peninsula Power, isn't it?
0: It is. Um, I, th- I think that uh, getting, getting the late equaliser, I think that was, they, they would sort of yeah, be be happy with that. I think maybe Lions be sort of a little unhappy conceding so late. But um, look, when the top teams play, uh, generally games are settled on very, very small margins of opportunity. And uh, a, g- a good goal by Sean Carlos, so very, like his usual predatory instincts. Um, is it what was what put him in front? But uh, yeah, Brodie Boys' header uh, very very late in the game. I think yeah, Peninsula f- Power. I think it's a deserved point for him.
1: It is, it is. We said before it's a very young Peninsula Power side, and they were pushing hard in that second half. They had a goal unfortunately ruled out, which I think they thought maybe could and should have stood. But they kept pushing right to the end, didn't they? so that that fighting spirit and that, those intangibles we've seen of the great Peninsula Power sides the last couple of years, they're still firmly intact.
0: Yeah, certainly. Uh, Rick Coughlin's obviously started, you know, by laying down the marker by play, by playing Malcolm I Love Samira, Josa um, Hitchcock, and Solomon Waldemariam uh, in in this in as to start against Lions, which is obviously a big tick of approval for for those those players, especially the the former two who you know did pick, who did score goals in in the previous week in both in the cup and in the league, so. It seems as though that the the continuation of so I guess the the rebuilding as far as bringing these young players on and having the confidence of them to you know, start even against the league leaders I think it's, that's a, that's a, a, a good move I think and uh, Brodie Boyce as well player you know, he's a young player but obviously has got you know a lot of experience in the MPL. Let's not forget that he he actually debuted at 15 years old for um for the uh, Raw Academy in in MPL and sort of what were tougher times. So he's he's. Developed as a player, you know, through Sunshine Coast and now at, at power. So even for him to get to get the winning goal, I think that'll be a
1: huge booster for him. Absolutely. And for Lions' point of view, it's probably a point on the road which they would have taken for the game and it keeps them at the top of the table and in very good shape. But it does open the door for a couple of other sides to potentially close the gap. And one side who did close the gap, Adam, on Saturday night, was Olympic FC with a 4-2 win over the Brisbane Roar Academy. Two goals from Shannon Brady, one from Zach Kierpelle and one from Shelford Deus for the home side. Nathan, the win, and Corbin Burroughs got goals for the Roar. And this was a pretty good performance from the Roar, actually, wasn't it, after they had a bit of a disappointing matchup on on Monday night against East. This was a, a good bounce-back performance from them. But Olympic, they they did what they had to do at home.
0: Yeah, I think it's a tale of sort of, yeah, I guess, two performances as well. I think, uh, I think, staying with Young raw. I think, I think, it's a better performance. Uh, we we did cover the game on Monday night and against the East. no that, that was a fairly laborious, almost, almost like, uh, look, it's almost like they played as if you know, uh, oh, Monday night, I'm mon- uh, playing on a Monday night. It's uh, more of a hassle than um, than sort of you know, what it's worth. And uh, East took full advantage of that. And look. Got to commend it. East, they they did really take the uh, the raw the young rawness sword in the first you know, half an hour of the game. But um but yeah, this is a much better performance against a a high-touted team in Olympics. So I think I think you know for their performance and two goals as well. I think that, that's that's uh, that's a step in the right direction. But on the other hand, Olympic just we're just a class above them. This this is this is a side that you know are going to be obviously by now unless you've been living under a rock. You know, this is a side that, you know, that are going to really be challenging for, for all the major honours.
1: We'll talk about Olympic in just a moment. With the Roar, they did lose 6-3 to Eastern Suburbs in the final game around 13 last weekend. So, or for around 10, I beg your pardon, last week. But they, Nathan Win, who got on the score sheet last night, got on the score sheet in that game as well, as well as Fernando Nash. Some really good young players who are coming through in the Raw. And these are, these are the first batch of players, Adam, who have come through the full... A full experience of the Brisbane Royal Academy. So now we're seeing what sort of players are being produced from that academy, from the first level all the way through.
0: Yeah, I think it's a very, very important milestone for the Roar Academy as well that these that these young players have gone through from uh, from the initial intake right through now to I guess the these. What you could probably call senior level of the of the academy. Then their next step is is the you know, professional football, you know, at, at the Raw or, or at another another A-League club. So, so yeah, I think this is a very very important time. And like I said, Dan, I, Ewan, I think Nathan Newton, I think has certainly you know shown in the limited options he's had this season that he he's a very very good player. Fernando Nash was great coming off the bench um at at Heath Park um on Monday night it was. Probably, uh, probably struggled a little bit uh, on Saturday night, but then again, you know, the combination of Danny Driver and Matt Mundy are going to shut out most players. I really don't think you can judge him on that. So, um, so yeah, look, I, I think that there's certainly prospects, you know, for the future, you know, within, within that young rule side. I just think that you now the results are not going to manifest straight away.
1: Absolutely. We'll talk a little in a minute. But first, let's hear what the Olympic FC coach Ben Khan and the Brisbane Roar Academy coach Chris Crossman have to say after Olympics 4 2 win over Brisbane Roar Academy on Saturday night. We'll be back after this. Thank you. Well, John, with the coach of Olympic, Ben Kahn, Ben, 4-2 winners here over Brisbane Royal Academy. You to be really happy with the result, first and foremost? Happy with the result, happy with the second half. Uh, very disappointed in the first
2: half and the way we started the game. Thought we were, thought we were sloppy, lacked a bit of energy. Um, but, yeah, the second half was, was, you know, complete total control and, and, and a much more, much more Olympic performance. And, you know, I, th- I think we... Uh, I think we yeah, we, we fully controlled the game and made sure that we got the three points.
1: Absolutely, and given the results of the weekend, you must be really happy to take advantage of other side's dropping points. I know that it's really important for you to take advantage when, when other teams at the top drop points.
2: Yeah, look, um, obviously... Obviously, we're only halfway through the season, but you know everyone keeps half an eye on each other's results. And uh, I think the draw was probably a, a perfect result for us last night, so we, we, we knew we had to turn up today and, and make sure that we capitalised on that.
1: Obviously, the big news of the week is Keaton is moving on. It's a massive loss for you, but you must be really proud to another player who you've brought into the club and helped develop and- send back to the A-League environment. Yeah, very proud,
2: uh, very proud indeed. It's a, it's a credit, credit to everyone at the club. He was, you know, he, he, he came in and, um, you know, he was very hungry, he's worked exceptionally hard and, and the, the staff, the playing group, everyone's really tried to do everything they can to help him and push him on because we know that's where he belongs and
1: we'll be watching enthusiastically and full, full of belief that he can go and make a good impact in the A-League. So wish him all the best with that. I mean, in terms of your side here now, are you going to be able to go and get, bring someone into a place or is it going to be a matter of using the, Quality attacking players you have to try and cover his absence. Um, look, I think
2: I mentioned to you last week. We'll certainly look look in the window to see what we can do because we know the squad lacks a, a little bit of depth. But um, uh, you know it's, it's difficult. As you know, everybody's looking for players, and you know, lots of good players are happy at the clubs they're at. So. We'll uh, yeah, we'll see what we can come up with, and if we can strengthen our squad a bit, then we will. If, if not, then we'll, we'll roll with what we've got.
1: And just finally, you've got Logan. We're working a couple of for some cup football. That's no, very important for the week to get to the national stage.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've traditionally done really well in the cup um, last few years. So we, we didn't we didn't make it last year. We we narrowly missed out to Peninsula just before the round of the thirty two. Um, yeah, so that that hurt us a lot. So we'll be looking. Yeah, we'll be we'll be going full strength, and we're very hungry to go and get a result at Logan.
1: Best luck with that. Good luck. Congratulations on the win
2: tonight. Thank you very much. You
1: right, we're doing with the coach of the Royal Cameron Chris Strossman. That was four-two defeat tonight. We must be really pleased with your side improvement from the game of the week. In early on Monday, sorry, against East. Yeah, definitely. I think
3: uh, we had to. We always knew they had to improve. It wasn't good enough. I think uh, the effort, the desire, uh, the commitment uh, wasn't there, which which is tough to question. But um, it was quite clear that we were, we were well off the pace. So tonight. Um, it was pleasing to see, especially the first 45 minutes. I we all we were excellent. Um, it was disappointing to be behind, but um, second 45 intensity dropped off a little bit. Um, we had to manage a few. We we're quite line troops today, um, unfortunately. It was good football, so um, we battled through well. I thought it was uh, it was a good out. The boys will gain a lot from that, and we'll continue to push forward.
1: You mentioned the second half, maybe not quite to the same level as first. That's because there's a lot of younger players now, and they're trying to get up to that level of playing 90 minutes at the MPL level.
3: Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think. Uh, you know, we had a fair few uh, more experienced boys out as well which, which helped us manage the game in my so I, th- I think that doesn't help tonight but you know there were some really good performances tonight which uh, um, which you know against a really really good opposition I think uh, is always a challenge so it's, it's tough to keep them quiet I think uh, you know, bar from a few moments that we, uh, we didn't help ourselves tonight I think we, we, we did quite well so um, yeah a lot of positives.
1: You mentioned um, well, good for some a lot of young players in particular, guys who are just making their way in. The end, that must give you a lot of hope going forward that. There is a really good young generation coming through, the players who've moved on to the A League and
3: Yeah, definitely. I think uh, it was quite a quite an influx uh, that we we moved on or, or left our club at the end of last season. So, um, you know, our goal hasn't changed. I think I said this to you this idea We still want to continue to push and. You know, there's, there's 33 points still to play for, so we'll challenge this young group. If they can perform like they did tonight consistently, I think uh, we're going to have uh, a lot more positive nights than we are. You nights know, like Monday night, so we just need to keep working and, and, and get these boys to that intensity and consistency every week, and um, we'll be in with a good
1: shot, so we'll keep, keep pushing. Absolutely. Got, we're going with Morton looking forward to another matchup up against. I that. mean, pretty well the first match up against them this year.
3: Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think uh, you know we've got to look at every game uh, now moving forward. I said this to the boys inside that what have we got to lose? I think uh, you know while while we look at uh, you know things like relegation, that sort of stuff, it it, it annoys me when, when people say, oh yeah, Brisbane will can't be relegated, and, and they think we're taking the piss. So um, we'll we'll continue to keep pushing. Yes, we're going to give players opportunities, but I'll only give it to them when they when they deserve that. And I think tonight when you look at the effort and, and the commitment of our players especially in the first 45 minutes you can't tell me there's one player who didn't deserve to be out there so um, you know, I'm proud of the boys, we'll continue to keep pushing, with a few bodies back and uh, I'm confident next week that if we can re-deliver, we'll be in a position to, uh, to 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 get points
1: And thank you to Ben and Chris once again for their time as always out there at Goodwood Park on Saturday evening Adam, we will talk about Olympic FC now as I said, it was a result which they had to have but the performance was also pretty pleasing for them as well
0: yeah, Shannon Brady. know, uh, yeah, was was again. He's he's really sort of, you know, putting his best football. Probably play his best football since he was at Brisbane Roar in the A League uh, side. Uh, yeah, a number of years ago. Like he, he has found a home on that. On that right wing, uh, Zach Kipal, yeah, obviously, is, is scoring goals, you know, you know, at regular intervals at the moment. And uh, look, Shelver Deus, uh, I thought, had, had an excellent game. And he, he was uh, just rewarded as well with a very, very well-crafted goal between himself and uh, Daniel Leck, who I think added had another couple of assists to his, uh, his tally. So, but overall, I thought, yeah, it was just a superior performance from Olympic. You know, they are are one of the best teams in the league at the moment, and they're showing it.
1: And most certainly, um, back to the news from the top of the show, Keegan Niel's. it's it's a big lot. We're talking about what a great opportunity it is for him to go to Perth glory in the A-League, but for Olympic, it is a big loss for them. he has been a really key part of this Olympic FC side. How do you think they might go about replacing him? Because we know they've got a lot of attacking depth there. Do you think there's... Is it a case of maybe Costasaros comes back into into that role, or do you think they might try a, a few different options in the attacking third to try and to fill the void of Keegan?
0: Yeah, look, uh, it probably could go. Costasaros comes in somehow, and it does a bit of a reshuffle uh, at the front. Look, I think I think personnel-wise, I don't think it's a um, as big a deal. But I think it's going to be very very hard to replace Keegan Yeltchuk's player. You know what? You know, what he he has brought to this Olympic side for the first go you know, 13 rounds of this season. Yeah, you know, he he has been he has been tremendous, and uh, that is going to be hard to replace. But I think from a personnel point of view, uh, certainly they they have got depth. There's also young you know, Dino Kovachevich as well that you know potentially you know, could step up into that that role, role as well. So so yeah, but uh so, yeah, I, it's very very hard. It'll be very very hard to replace Keegan once he does go and link up with with Perth. But I think, it, but I don't think it's a you know a really game-changing, uh, game-changing sort of loss as far as you know having a profound effect. They they will find a body to replace him. It's just not going to be as good as Keegan.
1: That is for sure. We'll move on now to the other two games from round thirteen in the NPL Men's, featuring two couple of gold clubs on the Gold Coast. Adam, firstly, Gold Coast United had a three-one win away to Brisbane. They had two goals from Shane Speltz and one from Seb Scaroni, giving them a win up at. Spencer Park. That's a got really important result for Gold Coast, isn't it? They've they seem like they're picking up results on a more consistent basis this year, don't they?
0: Yeah, I think they're the one. they're the team that's probably under the radar a little bit at the moment, Gold Coast United. I think that's I think uh, they they're picking up wins where they should, they should be picking up wins and so those are they're obviously being, you know, they, they play very tough, uncompromising football, and and uh, I think that they they sit in sixth at the moment on the ladder, I do believe, and I think they 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 are probably one or two good wins away from you know, really announcing themselves as a threat to that top four. But uh, yeah, look, I wouldn't uh, I, I would dismiss the metro in peril.
1: Absolutely, we'll see what they can do when they play against some of those teams currently sitting in the top four, and one of those sides is their crosstown rivals. Gold Coast Knights had a 4-1 win over Capalaba in the final game of round 13. Two goals from Christian Bryn one from Pasquale De Vita and one from Musa Muratovic. It's a, it was a, a pretty comfortable win, this for, for Gold Coast Knights over Capalaba, as, as was pretty much expected before, before the round started.
0: I think so, but I think this is also an important win for Gold Coast Knights, especially this appointment of, you know, you know missing out on the Cup as well. I think they, they, they sort of go you know, needed this this performance just to, you know, to, to... You know, you know get the confidence back i think and uh look uh we we know we know unfortunately Capalaba at the moment are probably you know probably the clear bottom team in the league at the moment both not only on the ladder but i think just on paper in general so but i think i think it's a clinical win they put them away pretty early on in the piece
1: yeah on paper and on grass it does seem to be that way at the halfway mark of the season. We'll look at the table now, Adam, and Lions to see they do sit top of the table on 29 points. They're three points clear of Olympic FC who do have a game in hand, however, so that could close markedly if they can win that game in hand. Peninsula Power are on 23. Gold Coast Knights, 19. Gold Coast United, 17. Sunshine Coast Wanderers on 16. East, 14. Moreton Bay, 12. Brisbane City, 11. Logan Lightning on 8. Brisbane Roar Academy on 8. And Capalaba on 3. So it is tightening up around that battle for the top four spot the wanderers and gold coast united are looking like maybe they would maybe they are going to challenge that top four spot after all
0: yeah uh, gold coast united actually in fifth i i misspoke so so yeah they they're right Like said, so only uh only 2 points behind their their city rivals and they they do have a derby uh very very soon so like gold coast do have a game knights have a game in hand but yeah that derby may be a top four um a, a top four sort of you know, settler as far as you know, if, if this uh, if the results keep sort of going the way we think, and uh, and yeah, they stay
1: fairly tight, absolutely. We'll move on now to the NPL Women's. There were a couple of midweek catch up games from round six, Eastern Suburbs had a 1 0 win over Gold Coast United, and from round three, Sunshine Coast Wanderers won, South United won. So, a couple of interesting results there, Adam. We'll move on to the games from round seven played over the weekend, and we'll start with the game which we did cover on our social media platforms. Lions FC 3, Gold Coast United 0, two goals from Teagan Riding and one from Tiana Karambasis late on. That doesn't really tell the full story, however, Adam, because in this game, Gold Coast United, they hit the the crossbar twice and they started very brightly. So it was a much more even game than 3-0 suggests, but Lions, they just keep finding a way.
0: For forty minutes, I thought Gold Coast United were the bad team, um, and I said anyone that watched the game, I think you'd be very, very hard pressed to disagree with that. Uh, they they hit they they hit the woodwork twice, and in fact, what led to the goal uh, for Lions was was a counter attack after Gold Coast you United know, pretty much scrambled a good save by Ellie Chapel, which then kicked off the counter attack, which saw um, Tegan Riding score from about thirty yards out, beating uh, Prue Donohoe. So. Up until that point, Gold Coast United were looking like they were the better team, um, and even even after being one goal down, um, it it was a case of Gold Coast were coming just just couldn't unlock. They couldn't find their way in, you know, and and find find their way to goal. Eventually, chasing the game, you know, uh, Lions were end up you know being too strong, getting the second goal, and then uh, a late goal you know, in stoppage time to make it three 0 So it was a very flattering result for Lions. Look, all credit to Lions, you know, obviously, they stuck They stuck at it and were able to you know, weather the, weather the storm and end up taking the three points away from Goplex. But, um, yeah, I think uh, it's one of those results where Gold Coast United would look back and say, how the hell did we lose that?
1: Absolutely. They do sit bottom of the table, Gold Coast. You know, but that's probably an unfair reflection on their performances so far this season because they were quite good in this game here. And they do have plenty of quality Gold Coast, as we have seen, and particularly... In that back line it's a lot of experienced players it just seems like they're struggling in front of goal at the moment doesn't it
0: yeah which is a surprise given the, the players that they have um, at their disposal I think it's just a I think it's just a lack of confidence I think at the moment I think they're doing anything right they've got the players to do it it's just like I said uh, if if uh, if both maayashi and Charlie Farmer score instead of he in the, he in the crossbar, 2-0 up over over the defending champions after 15 minutes. That's a very, very different ball game to you know to what it turned out to be. So again, it, it may be inches at the moment in it, but that, that's probably the title of tape between where Gold Coast United are and where they probably could be. So so yeah, I, I know, yeah, they do sit bottom of love, the only team in MPL women's that have not won a game yet this season. But uh, yeah, if they if they keep keep their performance up it won't be too long before they um they start sort of finding their form and uh actually i i'd say if that team does actually finally cop gold coast united at their best look out
1: it's actually amazing you said that they haven't won to get the only team Mm. that win it's quite remarkable given the strength of gold coast over the last couple of years they do find themselves in that situation but i like you i think they will find themselves bouncing out of that situation sooner rather than later the other games from round seven on Saturday. Sancho's Wanderers 3, QAS 2, two goals from Louise Rolf and one more from Chanel Harris helped the visitors to the win in that one. Capalabar FC 2, Eastern Suburbs 1, Billy Murphy and Jasmine Genovese on the score sheet for Capalabar in that one. And in the final game of the round, Adam, South United get their first win of the season 3 1 winners over Moreton Bay, a hat trick from Paloma Gonzalez Oliveira in that game. So they came from a goal down to get that win. So we said before, South United, they're a team who are who are better than their latter position suggests. They win one game, they're up into mid table now. So the same can happen for Gold Coast United, know. that's a pretty a pretty good result for South United as well.
0: It is a good result for South United. Kapalabar as well are uh, moving along well. Nice, a nice win. And look, and I think the one team that we sort of just seem to forget about a lot in NPL women's is Sunshine Coast Wanderers. Uh, uh, Chanel Harris has been in great form. Uh, I think that's the three. That's uh, three now and three for, for her. So she's re- so that More that got... the
1: season as well.
0: Yeah, so that's... um. That side, they're a side that are certainly you know, under the radar as, as such. But um yeah, look, they, they they sit in third at the moment, just behind uh Kapalba. But as, as we say every week, uh forget forget these six and O lines at the top. That that's, um that table from then two down to nine, uh that that's going to be tight. And this is another example this week of results sort of being traded around where it's going to be even. And I uh, I think uh wins wins are going to be an absolute premium uh to go yeah, for the final spots. And also as well, more importantly, the uh, relegation.
1: Absolutely, wins are going to be an absolutely like gold in this league as this um league continues over the next couple of months. You mentioned Lions See, They are eight points clear at the top of the table on 18 points compared to Kapalabar's second place, 10th. We'll go through the table in a moment, but there's a seven-point gap from Kapalabar to the bottom. So it's actually a closer gap from second to ninth than it is from first to second. So that just does illustrate the point which you were making. But I'll we'll go to the table now. Lions SC are on 18 points. Kapalabar on 10. The Wanderers 9. are on 7. QAS 6. South United 5. Moreton Bay 4. Olympic FC 4 and Gold Coast United are on 3. Before we move on from NPL women's discussion, now we have a little bit of international news to speak about as well. Congratulations to a couple of players. Larissa Crummer of Capalaba and Chelsea Blissett of Lions SC as well as the Roars Jamila Rankin playing in New South Wales at the moment. They have been called up for the Australian score for the AAF Championships coming up in the next couple of weeks time I believe as well as Zara Kruger being called up from Lions SC to the australian under 17 squad adam so congratulations to those players it's good to see players from the queensland league being rewarded for for some pretty good form to start the year
0: yeah but also as well a couple of players as well from the qas uh who have been who have been regulars um i believe don'ty fisher i think is also part of that uh of that that recent camp call up again for uh for Ray Dowers under seventeen young Matildas, so certainly plenty of MPL players, MPL women's players at the moment getting recognised uh, at international for international honours. So again, it's uh, very very encouraging for the league.
1: It is. We'll have to see how they go in those matchups. We we'll might do a little report on that on the show at some point. We'll move on over to FQPL one, Adam, where there was one fixture play in midweek. It was the second Ipswich derby from round twelve. A 2-0 win for the Western Pride in that one. A pretty good result for them there in that game, Adam. However, they did drop points at the weekend, looking ahead to round 13 fixtures. South Southside Eagles, nil. Rochettale Rovers, nil. Redlands United, 2. Mitchelton, 1. Bridgman Strikers, 3. The aforementioned Western Pride, 1. Magpies Crusaders, 2. South Sorry, Southwest Queensland Thunder, nil. And the final game of the round, Sunshine Coast Fire, 4 Ipswich Knights, two of those half dozen games, which result stands out the most for you?
0: Uh, look, I actually think the result that uh, stands out for me, actually, I think we look at, uh, I think Brisbane Strikers 3-1 over Western Pride. I think Western Pride had been in very, very good form going into uh into into this weekend, strikers' form was dipping a little bit uh, against, especially against their their um top, their sort of their other rivals. You know, obviously, uh, yeah, a really costly loss to Ipswich Knights last week. Uh, uh, you know, well done to the, well done to them for turning turning that result around. And that's put them right back in the hunt again. So, I think that's probably the most significant result. Uh, look, Redlands dropping points against. Uh, sorry, it's not Redland. Redlands. I mean, been right? Sorry, no Rochedale dropping points to uh, Southside Eagles on Friday night. That that that's a big result as well for I guess for everyone else uh, because that that really sort of puts uh, them in in striking distance. Now pardon Bun with strikers and Redlands now within one game one win of Rochdale So that that's a that was a costly sort of draw for them because I think Rochdale were looking like they're taking advantage of the results and kicking away, but they've. Uh, with one draw. They've been brought right back. Uh, poor Acapulce. I can't remember the last time they played, to be honest. I think it was... Like, there was it draws, reschedules, uh, because of Cup. But, uh, yeah, they... Uh, they, uh, Yeah, I, I cannot... I think it was the weekend of um, the big rains a few weeks ago.
1: I was going to say, was it the grand final last year? But just on those puns you're making, that's what I'm here for, to make the terrible, <laughs> terrible puns, by the way. But the game... You mentioned the, the star Rovers draw on Friday. That did open the door for... The team's challenging them in and around the top four for those promotion places. And Redlands took full advantage. Brisbane Strikers took full advantage. The The more, most interesting result for me is actually up in Mackay, where the South West Queensland Thunder were unable to capitalise on on that slip-up from Rochdale. Well, they went down 2-0 to Magpies, so that could be a costly loss for them as well.
0: Yeah, uh, obviously a tough road trip. Uh, admittedly, I, I don't think Thunder's record up in Mackay, even when both sides once upon a time played in NPL, uh, I don't think it was ever that good to start with. But uh, yeah, look, they're, they're, they're the results that are going to make a difference between you know, pl- you know, getting promoted to MPL you know, playing finals football, or even missing out completely. So I think yeah, it's a, a disappointing result for for Thunder, and uh, I think I think magpie's they're, they're the sort of results I think they're going to need. Uh, they, they're, they're, they are, at the moment, they're uh, what's that? The two wins outside of the top top four. Uh, so they're going to need to start winning a few games against the Grain. They've obviously as well got to worry about uh, the uh, Australia Cup as well uh, coming up. So they, their attention is going to be divided. But uh, if they're going to make a move, it needs to be soon, especially uh, with, uh, with the number of home games starting to run out.
1: Absolutely. So the title going for the table now, which has tightened up given the drop t- of t- t- points of Roachs Rovers. So they do lead the league on 24 points ahead of Redlands United on 22, who they have a game in hand. So that could switch around at some point when that game is played. So 24 plays, 22. Brisbane Strikers also on 22 points. South West Quinton Thunder on 20. Western Pride, 18. Magpies and Crusaders, 15. Sunshine Coast Fire up into seventh place on 14 points to who you said haven't played in a while, to your point, they're on they're in eighth place on 12 games, on 12 points, I beg your pardon. Southside Eagles are on nine, on seven, and Itrich Knights on seven. So a couple of weeks ago, Adam, it looked like there was a there was Roachal running away a little bit in this league, but this is tightened right up at the top, and it's an hour of genuine race between four teams because the win for Strikers to get back on track was crucial.
0: Yeah, this, this as we as we predicted, this is this is going to be tight. We're at halfway point of the of the season in terms of games played. The reverse fixtures now are going to be absolutely crucial, and whoever can, can capitalise and take their opportunities, like they might be looking at a ticket to uh to the to the top flight next season.
1: Absolutely, we'll move on to FQPL two. However, where there were two games played midweek, Coomera Colts. Oh, this is from round seven. I beg your pardon, Kumara Colts. Five, Magic United, four in a goal fest down there at Coomera. And from round one, Sanford Rangers, three, Grange Thistle, two. So a couple of high-scoring catch-up games midweek there, Adam. But from round 12 action, North Star FC, two, Grange Thistle, one. A couple of goals from Nick Webb there, giving the visitors a much-needed win. Sanford Rangers, two, Virginia, one. A 96-minute winner for Sanford in that game. Wynnum Wolves 2, Magic United 1, a winner from Graham Fife there for the home side in that game. South United 6, Coomer at nil, a hat-trick from Ryan Rashani for the home side. And then the two games played on Sunday, which we might talk about in a bit more detail, Adam, Turinga Rovers 2, Service Paris Apollo 2, Turinga came back from 2-0 down in that game. And Holland Park Hawks 1, Albany Creek Excelsior 1, Albany Creek a late equaliser there. So the two's top sides being pushed once again, and it looked like that could be a costly draw for for Service Paradise, but Albany Creek have failed to capitalise on that opportunity, which they may not have even known about, given almost simultaneous kickoffs. But two draws there keeps things status quo at the top, but that that league is also tightening up quite nicely.
0: Yeah, it's uh, obviously at the moment, uh, Surface Paradise seems to be uh, dropping points, but uh, Albany Creek don't seem to be capitalizing. Uh, that's, that seems to be the tail tape there. I think at the other end, Kumara. Uh, Co- if, if in the last in the last week they uh they pick up their first two wins of the season, but uh, their form came crashing back to earth with a six year loss to South. So they seem they seem to only show up when they want to at the moment. Uh, they've had some had some real inexplicable losses, but that's a, that's a sort of I guess a morale boosting win for four Souths. Um yeah, but um it's it's a really really fascinating league this this FTPL too because I think I think the form lines just jumbled all over the place. Um, I think also as well North Star that was a big win for them. They they really needed. It. I know we were talking about it uh, off air that you know they they seemed to have been a team that was struggling uh, and, and perhaps they you know, were sort of you know, really to get dragged into the uh, the relegation sort of you know muck. But that that's that's a that's a big win. For, for them, so I think the form lines at the moment are very, very hard to tell. Uh, in, in FQPL2,
1: they are that, that win for North Star on Friday actually moved them out of the bottom two. So it's a very crucial when Actually, you sees Grains Thistle move into the bottom the bottom two. So last year's grand final winners currently found themselves in the bottom two. But one thing I do want to talk about because we don't talk about this league enough, actually, Adam and it's Samford. They've played nine games and won five, they've got three games in hand on the teams at the top. So I'm not saying they're going to catch them, but they're off to a very nice start to the year up there at Sanford.
0: Yeah, um, they, they've been, um, yeah, it's it's they're they're a very very uh, good team when they want to be. Uh, Sanford, right? so they've had a couple of uh, explicit losses, but when they win, they're they're a very solid team, especially at home.
1: They most certainly will go through the table now. Surface Products Apollo lead of the league on 32 points ahead of Albany cricket Excelsior on 27. They have a game in hand, so that could close, and they are due to play each other very shortly as well. So we'll see what happens between that. Then you have Holland Park Hawks, 21, Sanford 17, Magic, tw- sorry, Wynnum Walls 15, Magic, tw- Wynnum Walls 15, South United, 13, Magic, 12, North Star, 10, Coomera, 9, Turinga, 9, Grange, 7, and Virginia on seven. So it is tightening up through that mid-pack. There's no doubt about that.
0: Yeah, it also as well, I think that's a good point for Holland Park as well uh, yeah, against against uh, Albany Creek in that second versus third clash uh, this evening. I think uh, they're, they're another team that I think that have sort of you know, been under the radar. They're, they're picking up wins where they need to and picking up points against sides that you know they, they should be... They, they should be so, so yeah. Like I said, it is a like I said, You take LA Subs Paradise and Albany Creek are clearly the one and two seats at the moment, depending on you know you know which way you look at it. But beyond that, uh, like I said, there's probably a race of five six teams who are about around the same standard, where who uh, pretty much I think that on any given day could beat each other, and I think that's going to make for a very very fascinating race for uh, those final two final two spots in the finals.
1: Most certainly. We'll have a quick look now at FQP on one women's. Adam, now there were two games played midweek. On Tuesday, Mitchelton had a 3-2 win over Virginia United. And in the big game on Wednesday, no, not not that game. The other big game, Peninsula Power <laughs> and Western Pride. A little draw, which we covered on our social media platforms. And Adam, we did watch most of this game and it never hit any great heights. did it? But it's a very good result actually for Western Pride to go up to the league leaders and come away with a point. That's a very, very nice result for them.
0: Yeah, look, uh, I, I describe it as a stalemate, uh, and it was just that. Uh, obviously, uh, for all the firepower that Western Pride has uh, in Meg McGallicutty and Abby Lloyd, they can they just could not break that uh, that very very good uh, Peninsula power defence. I think they they probably don't get enough credit for what they deserve. One goal they've conceded this season, uh, pen, Peninsula power, and uh, yeah, look, it may have, they may have uh, misfired up front, but. Uh, for for power, their defence is what's you know, game job done for them at the moment.
1: Absolutely. Looking ahead to the four games played from around 10, Virginia United with a 2 1 win over Brisbane City. Mitchelton 4, Western Pride 2 in that game. Kaylee Prufroy with another four goals for her in that game. Logan Lightning 1, The Gap 1, Peninsula Power 5, Southwest Queensland Thunder 0. Looking at the table, Peninsula Power. They have a six-point lead at the top of the table with a game in hand. 25 points, plays 19 there over Western Pride in second. Mitchelton moving up to third on 18 points. Brisbane City, 14. Virginia, 10. Southwest West Queensland, under nine. Logan, sixth. The gap on one. Adam, who would you say is the biggest challenger to to um, in this Is it still Western Pride in your mind, given the, the stalemate result on Wednesday night? Or... Do you think, do you think could be a bigger threat given their free, their free scoring nature with 33 goals from nine games? Cause I tend to think it could be Mitchelson, particularly in a finals game where anything can happen. And if you've got goals in you, you're always a chance. So I think they might be potentially a bigger threat. What about you?
0: Uh, it's a, it's a tough one because, um, look, I, I tend to agree that Mitchelton, I think probably are, are, are the ones that are probably a bigger threat, but then again, Western pride as well. They, they, they have just as many weapons, uh, in, in attack as well. They, they split the series float between Mitchelton and Western pride for four, three at, um, at two Western pride at Briggs road, then, then four, two to Mitchell and Taralba Park. So, it's a case of um, yeah, I think it's going to be on the day, but uh, but yeah, look, I think I think for mine, if I if I had to choose one, I'd actually say Mitchellson might be at the moment um, might be shading ahead of Western Pride as far as who I think is more likely to, pro- to pose a threat to potential power. The easy answer is probably neither. I think potential power maybe maybe just uh, that that defence. Uh, as as it stands at the moment, that's almost impenetrable at the moment. So uh, it may be neat, it may be a move point either way. But look, I think uh, Compton for for mine at the moment. But I could very be easily swayed.
1: I think you might be right, by The you know, last thing you said in terms of um, Peninsula power being quite comfortable against either one. But I still think Mitchellson. If any of them, if anyone's going to challenge them to me, I think it would be Mitchellson. We'll have to wait and see. Before we wrap up, Adam, we always go to our performer of the week. What do you have for us this week?
0: Uh, look, I'm gonna go probably an obvious, obvious one. Uh, Kay Purfoy for uh FQPL Women's One, another four goals to the tally. Uh, look, uh, yeah, I think she she's clearly the uh, the the best goal scorer in um in in the uh, FQPL One at the moment. I think that that's that's not even a close argument.
1: I was going to say the exact same thing, so I won't change my mind. I'll go to Kelly Proof for it as well. Six goals for the week, including the two games in two goals midweek against Virginia, puts her on 22 goals for the season, well clear of anyone else in FQPL1. So outstanding performer for Mitchelton is certainly leading that side. So I think it's a unanimous performer of the week there.
0: Yeah, as I said, it's it's been sort of a weekend of team performances, but that's probably the one standout individual performance. And look, as as long as she's scoring goals, I think mitchton are are a threat, and I think that's that's what it's all about.
1: So now we're going to wrap up after this, but I did just forget we didn't go through the week ahead, which includes the Australia Cup round six fixtures: Rochdale Rovers against Broadbeach. Lions, Mort- Lions, Morton Bay, Gold Coast, and High Peninsula Power, Southside South Eagles, Sunshine Coast Fire, Logan, Olympic, and Sunshine Coast Wanderers, Brisbane City. So just Quickly, Adam, what's the um, which fixture are you most intrigued by? Is it your 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 hometown, Morton Bay, or is it somewhere else?
0: Um, look, it's actually going to be some. I think it's actually going to be something somewhere else. Um, I think, I think, I think, Morton Bay will will put up a put up a fight against Lions. But the game for me that I'm keeping the most eye on, I think Sunshine Coast Wanderers and Brisbane Sea for mine is the pick of all all the ties in terms of you know potential excitement as well as you know an unpredictable result. This could this could go either way. Uh, as as we know, Sunshine Coast Wanderers in the league, eight games eight games unbeaten. They're obviously through to round six in the cup, so obviously they're on a run there. They, um, they said, but for Brisbane City to go up to Ballinger Park, you know, on Wednesday night to try and get a result, look, this is going to be a fascinating game. And, and, we'll in, and also as well, the last league game ended up in a four-all draw. So if we if we get that plus extra time on top of that, this could be, uh, it could be a hell of a game to watch on Wednesday night.
1: Most certainly. I'll go for another game on Tuesday night. However, Gold Coast United at home to Peninsula Power. I think that's a match-up there between two sides, which are in pretty good form at the moment. Both sides had good wins. Oh, good form so far. Peninsula Power, good result against Lions. Gold Coast United, good win away to Brisbane. City. They're two very good sides. I think that's a very intriguing cup title. Talking about games, which I have no idea which way it's going to go. I'm not sure which two's is going to win that game, to be honest. But whoever does win it has a very good chance of progressing to round seven. For Peninsula Power, that would be... The back-to-back years, the Gold Coast a first time returning on the national stage in a decade. Um, it's very intriguing to who could win that matchup.
0: Do you reckon potential power is sick and tired of Gold Coast teams in the cup?
1: I reckon they probably would be sick of travelling to them. That's for sure. Given <laughs> they had to go down to surfers earlier in the in the. Was that round four there to go to Surface Paradise?
0: Uh, yep, and also and also as well that potentially that if they get past Gold Coast United and a certain result goes one way, they could have a potential round seven tie against Broad Beach United. So it could do, they could have to run the lot of Gold Coast teams uh to, to get to the uh, round of 32. Obviously, a lot easier said than done for Broadbeach. Beach, they have uh the league, the FQ. FQPL One League leaders in Rochdale on Tuesday night.
1: And Rochdale is northern Gold Coast-ish anyway. Before <laughs> I get any trouble from anybody at Rose Rose for that, we'll wrap up here. Adam, thanks for me once again. Yep, thanks, Scott. Enjoy your cup action as well as the league action on the weekend. Get out and support your local side. We'll talk to you once again next weekend here on the Brisbane Football Reviews NPL Sunday Show.